Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of the Wolves podcast. It's Nathan Judah again from the Express and Star. This week, the little clip that we've got for you is discussing Ruben Neves, who we exclusively revealed on the podcast last week that a new contract is on the table for the superstar. But what are the chances of signing him to a long-term deal? Hope you enjoy. Ruben Neves uh, entered talks with Wolverhampton Wanderers into signing a new contract, which uh, which was uh, excellent news. Um, I want to discuss a little bit more about that, Liam. Now, he's been with Portugal this week, not playing, of course, but you could see him in the celebratory pictures last night as they beat... Uh, who, who did they beat? Someone, someone uh, North Macedonia. Macedonia, North Macedonia, that was it. Uh, comfortably 2-0. And, uh, and they're going to the World Cup. So, oh, great team picture, delighted. Um, life's good for Ruben Neves, apart from the, uh, the, the injury, of course. But li- life's pretty good. He's pretty happy. I wonder whether his happiness at Wolves and his happiness as a person, happiness in life, is... And you can say this about, I guess, a lot, a lot of players, but I think especially with Wolves, he really loves being here. I'm starting to think I can see him signing a, a long-term deal at Wolves. I'm not saying that's going to keep him at this club for a long term, but I think he genuinely loves and, and loves what the football club has done for him and done for his family. And the more I think about it, the more, especially in a World Cup year, does he want to be moving clubs? I could see him signing a long-term contract on massively improved terms and potentially saying, OK, I'm going to stay for one more year. I'll be 25 then, I think it is, by the end of next season. Um is it 25? Is he I think he'd be 26 now? by the end of Oh, 26. So he'll be 26 next season. Still got a massive contract ahead of him. Um, concentrate on the club. Concentrate on the World Cup. Go and have a great World Cup for your, for your country. And almost have, and I know it's difficult, especially in these times, and you're not done, but I don't think Jeff Shee's Daniel Levy, a gentleman's agreement that at the end of next season, after one more big season, he will be allowed to go um, to a major club in inverted commas, if Wolves cannot offer Champions League football, so to speak? I think you have to look at it this way, that um, Ruben's love for Wolves, his family life, of course, is, he's had kids here, he's grown up with his long-term partner here, you know, arriving uh, as a, what, 21-year-old, wasn't it? Or 20-year-old? Yeah, um, yeah. And, uh, and developing as a, as a person, as a man, and everything the club's given him, everything he, he's given the club, you have to say that that leaves Wolves in a pretty good position with him and, and in, in wanting to sign a new contract. I don't think you get that, I was about to say, with, with, with any player, but you don't get that with many players at all, really. No, um, not in modern in, in day. Mo- in modern football, particularly. Uh, you, you know, you do get your, your Connor Cody's of... Um, of of football, you get you know a Lampard or a, or a, or a Gerrard who stay with a club for the vast majority of their career, but it doesn't happen that often. Uh, I mean, as I say, particularly in modern football, I think I, I can't see that happening with Ruben. If I'm honest, I think he's probably too good. Um, I think he's ambitious and he's going to want to play Champions League football. He's mentioned wanting to return to the Champions League. Obviously, he played there when he was 17 initially, wanting to return there eventually. He did say, actually, in this interview, I think it was a year or two ago, that he would he would love to do it with Wolves, of course. Um, is that likely? In the short term, probably not. Mm-hmm. So I think Wolves fans would, you know, let him leave with, with good grace um, when, he, when that does happen. And I think it's inevitable that it will happen. But I'm sort of siding with you, really, that his goodwill to the club and vice versa 
We'll probably see him stay for a season, potentially see him sign a new long-term contract. As we discussed here last week as well, contracts are important for several reasons. One being that when he, when or if he does eventually leave Wolves, Wolves will be able to get more money for him if he's on a, a five, six-year deal as opposed to two years left. Um, and that may be in part one of the reasons he signs is to help Wolves maximise the value for him. Um, but if a club, a big club, you say you know, a City, for example, comes in with the right valuation, it doesn't matter if he's got a 20-year contract, if it's the right valuation and they're willing to pay the money, players move on. So if and when that day comes, he'll inevitably, most likely, leave Wolves. But I, I, yeah, I think I'm, I'm siding with you that I think he potentially could get could sign a deal and could get another year purely because of the the, the relationship there, I think, which is which is very, very healthy. Um, but inevitably, he, he wants to play at the highest level. I think he's capable of playing there and he's probably not going to get that in the short term with Wolves. So it leaves probably just one outcome, uh, which is sad. But it's not provided that Wolves fans, after his injury, can see him at least one more time in a Wolves shirt. I'll, I'll, you know, that sounds minimalist to say one more time, but if... Because of his injury, they don't see him play again in the Wolves shirt. I think mm. that would be a travesty. Mm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, it's sometimes it's a lot for, for you know to make your major move in a World Cup year, I think, especially yeah, when you true. haven't got the end of the year, the whole season to adapt at your club, to adapt to your country. I mean, you know, you're leaving in November. So really, with the season starting in, in August, you've only got three months before you're going away to Qatar. And, and obviously, Neves is, is absolutely sure to have been on that plane. So to up, move, to, to, to move your family, to move your kids, to get into a team. And, and of course, you know, with, with him going to a, and let's say, I'll be amazed if it's not a Champions League club, if, if he does go. You've also got the added um, situation of competition. You know, you've got, you, you're playing against better players, your place isn't assured, you've got to work for yourself. You know, you've got to win over a new fan base, you're adored by one, you've got to prove yourself to another, and you've got to be selected because... You know, I'm sure a lot of the countries want their players to be playing regular football, and I'm sure he'll move to a club with the, you know, if, if a club are going to pay that kind of money, then they're going to be kind of assuring that he's going to get a good go. But you never ever know, do you, with competition and the way the way that things are these days? If you move to a, let's say, a Man City, you're not guaranteed a playing time or, or playing regular playing time because you could be in and out of a side with so many cup competitions that they're in as well. So you've got all that to, to factor in. Um, I just wonder whether whether it might be. More advantageous to both parties if if he would you know sign this long term deal and and have that that agreement potentially in the next season if Wolves haven't fulfilled you know the ambitions that that he wants. Yeah, I think that definitely again plays into Wolves' favour. It's, it's similar really with uh, Jaratinho. You know, does mm-hmm. he want to stay where he's comfortable and playing regularly, even if he's slightly less regular next season, but stay here for another year at Wolves with a World Cup year? With the big tournament coming, it will likely be his swan song, won't it, for for Portugal? So I think that definitely leaves Wolves in good stead. And I think you look at Ruben as a as a player. Um, speaking to a Villa supporting colleague of mine in the office today, uh, I know uh, <laughs> he, without me even prompting him, he described Ruben Neves as one of the best players in the Premier League. Um, I think on his day that is uh, that is an apt description of him. Uh, I think he can get better. I'm not massively convinced that his style. I, I can't really. Let me phrase this in, in a in a way that I think is fair to him. I, I can't think of a top six club, bar Arsenal. I think we might have had this discussion before actually, that he really would 
suit. I think he's capable, of, talent-wise, of walking into almost any starting eleven. I think he's mm-hmm. that good. I think some of the the biggest challenges would be maybe a Chelsea or a Liverpool midfield. I think they're perhaps City. Very, very good midfields that he might struggle to get into. I'm not sure which one of those his style really suits. I do think he can adapt his game. I think he can improve, of course. And I think he's an excellent player. But he has to be fighting to be playing first-team football. And he has to be, as Bruno has sort of challenged him this season. I think it was back in October. You should be playing regularly for your country. And I think he's good enough. You look at that Portugal midfield. He's good enough to be playing regularly, I think, for them. So all that taken into account, I think it... I think it does bode fairly well for Wolves that they may see him for another season. Um, and of course, to come back to this point, which I think is a, a, an important one and one that probably gets overlooked by some fans, family life, that work-life yeah. balance is massively important. Him and his family are settled here. He's got young kids. You've seen the video of his kid singing the um, the Ruben Neves chant at the dinner yeah. table. Yeah. You know, Little things like that. You know, he's... He's got tattoos plastered almost all, everywhere across his body of of moments in a wolf shirt and, and wolf... Uh, a bit like you, Keith. Like, exactly, exactly. Um, Sleeves are us, <laughs> as the cool so kids say. It, it doesn't mean he's going to finish his career wolf player. It doesn't mean he's going to be here in two years' time. But I, I think it bodes well, it's the best way we can put it, that uh, potentially... Wolves will keep him for another year and he may sign a deal. And, and hopefully he does because it, it's only good news for Wolves, not only from a valuation point of view, but to keep a player of his quality for at least one more season, I think is uh, would be excellent business, really. Excellent. I'm just going to look after my dogs. Uh, why don't you talk to me um, and I'll bring them in here because they're going crazy. It's typical, um, isn't it? They love it. Oh, ridiculous. Um, I'm going to start, I'll start the new topic. I mean, you, you mentioned Jean Moutinho there, but you say... You know, he played two games in midweek for Port or midweek and the weekend for Portugal, uh, both 90 minutes, which I thought was a little bit surprising. I thought maybe he might he might have only played one of them, um, and yet, you know, there's obviously a big few games coming up now for Wolves uh, with Ruben Neves's injury. You've basically got uh, three midfielders at your disposal in in himself. Um, a 36-year-old midfielder. You've got Leander Dendonk, who's been in and out of the side, and then you've got a kid in Luke Kundal who's only played one Premier League uh, start. For me, if you're a team and you're looking to go into European football, that can't be the case when you've lost one midfielder. For, you know, it's, it's, it's a difficult scenario to be in. Can Wolves do it? Can Wolves finish 7th or 8th with the situation they're in now? I'll hand it over to Liam while I go and discipline these dogs. Well, the, uh, the short answer to that is yes, they can. But if I, if I leave it at that, we'll be sitting in silence until Judah returns with, with the pups. Um, yeah, you know... It, they can, but it makes the job a lot harder, doesn't it? Um, not only from a, a depth perspective in terms of the squad, but from a, a quality perspective. I mean, Ruben Neves is, for me, far and away Wolves' best player, um, integral to the way they play. And you, if you miss a player like that, particularly a, a team like Wolves, who, who are littered with talent, but you know they're not the man, they're not Man City, are they? Who can field virtually two 11s. Um, you know, if they if they lose a player of his quality, it's gonna it's gonna hurt them. Um, can they get seventh without him, uh, or at least without him for the next four or five games, depending on on his injury update? And hopefully, we'll we'll hear more on that um, with with Bruno on Friday. Uh, I think they can, uh, purely because you look at some of the games coming up. You look at the position of West Ham in the league and, and how close Wolves are to them. Only two points adrift now. Um, I think Wolves are, are certainly capable. And, and you forget how well Jamie was played for the vast majority of the season as well. I think he's been excellent. I was surprised, as you say, to get to see him play 90 minutes in both those games for Portugal. Understand, uh, very important games for them. But I felt that he probably would have been benched for one of them. 
But I think he's got enough in his tank to, to come in and, and do the job. It really depends now on, on, and we'll come on to, to Villa, of course, it really depends now how Wolves approach the midfield in the upcoming games. Um, they've got the option of playing three in midfield and playing Kundal. They've got the option, and of course, Dendonk would then probably move into the technically midfielder, but more into mm-hmm. that sort of right side. You've got the option of playing Trincao, who Bruno described as our best winger as playing like a midfielder. So he'll play on the wing, but he sort of drifts in and uh, and, and receives the ball perhaps slightly deeper. Um, albeit some of his good work against Leeds came from came from uh, out wide. But they've got options, just not <laughs> not as many options as they probably should have. And that comes down again to I think the criticisms we criticisms we both had of. The squad depth and just a different type of midfielder. I feel like they needed someone to break through the lines, someone to carry the ball forward. Then Donker's the best they've got at that, but I'm not sure he's he's the answer to that. Uh, I, yeah, I think they're capable of doing it. It just makes their job is made ten times harder without a player like Ruben Neves. It is frustrating because so many people called it, didn't they, in the recruitment in the summer and January that you know Wolves have been, especially this season, fortunate with injuries to a certain extent. You know, I mean, Bruno just got his main guys back and, and you know, had a full full strength squad to choose from. But you take out your best player and all of a sudden things look very thin very quickly. They do. It's it's almost a, a can't-win situation in some ways because you can't really account for injuries. But at the same time, you, you have to have enough quality and depth almost to account for them, which, you know, is almost a catch-22 situation. Um, had Bruno Jordan, for example, stayed with the club and not gone out on loan, he wouldn't be playing regular first-team football. He'd be sat on the bench. He'd be getting minutes with the 23s. He'd probably get two, three, four, five minutes every three, four weeks. You know, looking at, at the minutes Kundal's had, it would probably be similar. Or even less, perhaps, because, of course, Kundal was probably a step ahead of him in the queue, really. Um, but then, you know, you look at him uh, playing regular minutes for, for Grasshoppers in, and, and important minutes. And had he, and then had he stayed, and then the injury, of course, does happen to Ruben, they've got another option there. Now, I know Kundal and Jordao aren't probably ready yet or quite at the at the level you need for a, a first team consistent Premier League player but it would have been more depth at least uh, regardless of the of the argument about quality so it's it's a real difficult one to weigh up for me it, it partly came down to depth when it comes mm-hmm. to wanting midfielder but I think in many ways for me I think it was it was probably the it was probably the style of midfielder, as I say, that a player that can drive forward, a box to box really, a number eight, someone who can box, uh, sorry, drive forward into into the box through the final third, play one two passes with with Raul who holds the ball up, uh, in in with the 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 wingers to to find space and 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 you know grab a few more goals perhaps. You look at a player like Morgan Gibbs White. Could he have maybe done that in this well, system? I don't think. I don't think he could play in a two. But could he have played in a three in this system? I was about to come on to him. I'm saying, you know, like they gave him. They gave prime example. Him. You know, you, you mentioned him there. You know, scoring for England now, um, playing every week in the Championship and, and, and tearing things up. I mean, this would have been the perfect chance. I would have thought for him to come into this side. And I understand they gave him the option of whether they wanted to to go back to Sheffield United or stay. But you know, he's a Wolves player, and at the end of the day, you know, Wolves have got to be greedy about about his availability. And then you look at if they were going to take Jordan out if they were going to, to put some other guys out on loan and, and you look at the thinnish and you know 
you lose someone like Ruben Neves. I, I feel like Morgan Gibbs White would be the prime candidate to come into a side like this, who's, who's full of form and, and you know fit and firing. And, and yes, he is doing a very good job. And there's, an, there's another question for another day of whether they're going to keep him at the end of the season. But you know, you look at that and you think that potentially someone's going to walk into this side who's going to play six, the next six or seven weeks is actually on loan at the Championship. It's mm. frustrating. I think um, I, I never thought I'd say this really because of the discussions we've had around Morgan and, and how he sort of fits into the system. But he probably fits the system to a T now for a couple of reasons. Being that he's playing in the same formation as part of a front, front three. It's easy for me to say. Um, for, for Sheffield United. And you look at the way Wolves play, and we've discussed this sort of um, pivoting role uh, and, and differing role, I suppose, with Dendonka and Trincao and which option they go with. They play three in midfield and they play Dendonka on the right of the three who almost plays as a... He plays as a midfielder, but almost as a winger. You then have the mm-hmm. option of playing Trincao on a front three, who plays almost as a midfielder, but is playing as a winger. It, it's, I've discussed it on here before. It's essentially the same role. We, we spoke to Bruno about this. It's essentially the same role they're playing, just with two players who have vastly different characteristics, and it depends really on the opposition and, and whether they need to pat the midfield slightly more. Of course, he's, he's taller and stronger than Donker, probably better in the air. Gitsorna Trincao is technically more gifted, obviously got a great left foot. So um, it's, it's essentially the same position, but as I say, with two players with very different characteristics. Mm. I think Morgan playing on the right of that front three for Sheffield United would actually fit seamlessly into that because I've always seen him as a 10. He is playing more as a sort of winger or an inside winger, depends on, on, on how you want to phrase it with Sheffield United. It screams to me that he would fit right into the system with Wolves and he can drop in deeper and pick the ball up in space when he needs to he can come out wide he can come inside and get closer to Raul or Fabio whoever's playing and it feels like it would have been perfect for him now I don't now had you know he stayed at Wolves as you say he got the option to stay and chose to go back and, and play regularly had he chose to stay in January I'd have been saying at the time look it's great for Wolves in terms of depth and, and quality because I do think he's a good player but he's probably not going to start many games. Mm-hmm. And of course, you can't foresee what's going to happen. But you're right. Now that Ruben's had this injury, he'd probably be at least in the running to start Premier League games for Wolves right now, purely because of the system, the style, and how he would how he would fit that. And if Wolves wanted to play a three-midfield formation, yeah. I think he would come in and he would play that hybrid role, as we're talking about, that Dendonka's been playing. I think that, that would suit him. Well, that's it for this week. The full 90-minute episode, as ever, can be found at the Express and Star website under Wolves and, of course, on all good podcast platforms. That's Acast, that's iTunes and Spotify. We'll see you next week and, fingers crossed, three points in the big derby.